Joe finally gave the Ringers Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos, and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus, when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly Sports Shield. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about what up world you're listening to the full goal with jason golf presented by the ringer a spotify original Listen, listen, naysayers like yourselves have not believed for two years. Well, watch the White Sox mess around and, and get themselves in position and make this, you know, an, an interesting post-trade deadline run. And boy, 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 they're going to be like a, a game or two games under 500 battling it out. And Rick Hahn and the powers that be are going to find every microphone or find every camera in the world and be like, ah, we told you, motherfuckers. <laughs> we knew what we were doing. <laughs> get back in your gut damn place all twenty nine thousand of you <laughs> oh my god what are we gonna do though i don't even man it's so crazy because like i'm watching more cubs games than i am white Sox games right now and now the white Sox are starting to play better so now i gotta keep pay more attention to the pitching and obviously mike clevenger who seems like a dude that you should probably flip as soon as you possibly can, you know, sell while you're high. But if he's helping you win, then you're also kind of fucked because he's helping you win and you promised some type of winning over this last couple of years. So it's uh, it's interesting. But hey, Michael Kopech, you know, messing around with that slider, that slutter, that, that sweeper, pulling out both of those sliders against the Tigers. 
going seven innings. You know, it's the, the whole thing with Kopech is uh, the, the high pitch counts, right? And, and him, you know, not being as, as accurate in the strike zone when he needs to just get himself a ground ball, you know, trying to overpower everybody. And, and, and with his dazzling stuff, next thing you know, it's five innings and he has to fly. But he, uh, it, the, the pitching has been outstanding. This, this Tiger series, uh, they, they played cleaner baseball and they hit the ball. Jake Berger, I mean, how that dude right there, like he is, he, he is, he is an easy candidate for like favorite player in terms of if you're just looking for somebody on a team who is flying below the the I hate you radar because it seems like there's so many people <laughs> who are right there, right at the at the precipice of either me hating you or I already know why I do hate you, and I'm not even that dude. Like I've never been the cat that needed everybody to you know be able to be seated at my dinner table for me to root for you. No nah, man, no no no. Stay safe. Don't. Tell Terrorize the city that you play in, and and go out there and bring yeah. home some championships. I don't give a shit about all the other stuff. His story: If you're looking for a safe guy to root for on the White Sox, that you're not yeah. going to find on anybody's shadiness of the rooms, yeah. or, or uh, and, and and anybody's news about you know possibly yeah. uh, you know hurting uh, someone yeah. of, le- uh, of the weaker vessel. Um, He's safe. His Jake story is, is yeah, yeah. I mean, his story of of what he had to go through mentally uh, to yeah. get himself to this level, like, is very inspiring. So, I would definitely, if you're looking for a guy, look up his story and 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 pay attention to Jake Berger. And with that being said, Jake Berger will now be indicted on a human trafficking scandal that we right. haven't seen the likes of in <laughs> decades. <laughs> no, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Jake Berger. Uh, what episode is this, Mr. Sutton? 251, man. There it is. There it is. It costs more than a, than a fancy Air Jordan. Is that? Oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> ah, I remember the days. I remember the days when, when, when Jay's was a buck and a quarter and you used to look at your parents and be like, you got your damn mind. $125 for some shoes? Now, shit, the walking shoes is $150. <laughs> but yeah, welcome into episode 251 of the Full Go Podcast. The voices that you have already heard are that of my main man, Tony Gill, and of course, our Chief Vibes Officer, Chris Sutton. Fellas, I want to start with a little anecdote. Right. Even though we started off with some White Sox talk and getting in there with the the old baseball-y baseballingtons. Um you know, I had an incident that happened only one time in Atlanta, and the 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 one time in my life that this has happened, uh, it happened in Atlanta, and it happened shortly after I moved to Atlanta. But uh, you know, I'm not a guy who really likes to do a whole lot of shopping ever, and I haven't even told Pia this story yet, but. Uh, Pia has been working, you know, round the clock as of late, you know, not just with her own practice, but doing her thing for Married at First Sight. And, uh, you know, they've got the Chicago season that's getting ready to be filmed here. So they're whittling down all the, the, the potential candidates and matching people up and making sure that these people are interested in having themselves a working and lasting relationship instead of just their 15 minutes of fame. Because, of course, with that kind of thing, you got to make sure people aren't all just on there for the TV part of things, right? So in doing that, um, she was swamped for the last three days, right? And I'm trying to be the good fiance, trying to be the good partner, you know, feeding. Like, she's been locked in this office that we're doing this pod in for the last three days from, like, 
10 in the morning to like 7.30 at night, seeing people along with the other experts, along with the other castmates, along with the other, you know, production members of the show. So I've just been downstairs watching games, playing Call of Duty and just chilling, waiting for the next White Sox game and Cubs game. I mean, I got to be honest with y'all, like in the, Bull, in the Bulls all season, and I, you know, this is probably going to be used against me in the court of relationship, but in the Bulls off season, man, like I'm still, you know, I'm two or three off seasons in now, so I'm still trying to get the rhythm down of, okay, when do I do something? When do I not? Am I overexerting myself today? Because I felt like for six months straight, I gave my weekend you know, to the Bulls and my job. But, uh, you know, it's time to get back into the swing of things. So your boy has been stepping out a little bit, getting out there, making errands, you know, runs, going to the cleaners, doing stuff like that. The grocery store is a place that I, uh, it's not that I loathe the grocery store. I'm just very efficient. I go in there. I get what I need. I don't lollygag. I don't dilly-dally. I don't mess around. I'm not being flim-flam. People got worse. Well, people got worse, bro. Oh, like, with, with at, what? The grocery store? At the grocery store, bro. People got no idea of what personal space is. Oh. People don't understand that. You just like wait. just common things that you understand as a human being when you go to the grocery store. It's like, look, no, nah, if somebody's in the way, you wait or you say, excuse me, say, can I grab that? People mm-hmm. just reach over you. I'm like, what did the pandemic do? What yeah. it made us all worse. It it's worse than what any sickness could do. It made us. It made. Well, I'm not gonna say us. I'm a great human being. Uh, <laughs> it made a lot of people <laughs> awful human beings. Just awful. I think it just magnified it. To be honest with you, and 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 this is the other thing too. Like you're, you know. You 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 seem like a pleasant and accommodating uh, black man. Uh, I don't when I'm walking around until I start to smile or I have to like be forced into engagement. I'll be goddamned if anybody is reaching over me for anything these days. To be honest with you, at this point, you know I still you know we three years out from the uh, from from you know George Floyd losing his life. You know I feel like we we still got a little bit of that. You know we can move around the way we want to. Like this is the last summer when we can you know it's going back to status quo next summer for real for real i'll get this last little juneteenth in before before y'all are forced to work on that holiday after next election but 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 this is i did not have that interaction at the grocery store um i want to lead with this in this story i am not aware of my space very often right like, I sometimes get lost in my own zone. You know, it'll happen sometimes when driving. Like, I'll be driving somewhere and and just zone out and start to listen to the music. Next thing you know, I've missed three exits. I got to circle back. Jason, why are you doing this? You're, you're carrying on like a former football player who had too, one too many knocks on the head. You know, that kind of thing. So I get a text message in the middle of the day <laughs> saying, hey, can you go to the grocery store? And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing anything. You know, Call of Duty has numbed my brain for the last hour and a half. I think I could probably move around, get some fresh air. So usually I don't respond as chipperly as I did to this, but I was like, yeah, I could go ahead and go make a run to the grocery store. I could bring home the bacon for the family. You feel me? Go out there. And 
I realized at that point that I had done nothing that morning to make myself presentable for the outside world. Okay. I, I brushed my teeth because I, you know, had to take the kid to school. Don't want to run into a parent and go, oh shit, they go that golf boy, daddy. You know, he don't take care of himself at all. That TV shit is a fluke. <laughs> right. So I leave out in, uh, you know, Pair, pair of shorts, you know, a, a T-shirt, no undershirt, right? I'm letting the moves fly. You feel me? It's that kind of day. I'm feeling misty. Did <laughs> you Kevin Hart, Daddy? It? What's that? You know, you come in with the with the, the sweatpants, no drawers, just oh, oh well. <laughs> so, so we getting real in depth now. Huh? This, this is the place <laughs> that Bill Simmons hope this this podcast would never go. So. I got to be honest with you, man. Like, <laughs> if you see me out, if I have a suit on, you probably can rest assured I'm wearing drawers. If I don't have a suit on, <laughs> we are free, free balling. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Kidding me? <laughs> I got too many things that I have overcome for, for me to let the constraints of underwear get in the way on a beautiful Friday afternoon. Just got paid. You kidding me? You're going to have to pay me more to put on drawers. You feel me? So, and this might lend, this might give you a further background into this story. So I walk into the store. I know me. I'm not out here going through each aisle. And if I do, it's because, once again, I'm probably vibing. <laughs> but I grab a basket. I'm <clears throat> straight to the fruit tray. Give me that mixed fruit assortment. You already know what it is. My kid like fruit. She like fruit. I like eating fruit. Let's get some fruit. Bang. Go over and get the baby spinach. Get the mixed greens. Uh, We're going to need dinner. I am. She makes fun of me because I'm pretty much a one-pot cooker. You feel me? Get the protein. You get the greens. You got yourself a dinner. You know, she comes from the classic old school, you know, black way of cooking everything with sauces and cheeses. And, and everything is just, is there's 15 pots going at once. The kitchen is a mess. Not your boy. Okay? Been single for a lot of my life. And I've known that, damn it, you can get it done in one pot okay so get my mixed greens get my baby spinach go over to the butcher say my man hook me up give me a couple of those steaks give me a couple of those burgers let's go over to the fish section let's go ahead and get some salmon let's go ahead and you know what i mean just setting it up for the week right and then i go into the snack aisle <laughs> and and boy was that's a forewarning for me going into the snack aisle i go into the snack aisle it's me there's one other gentleman in the snack aisle i look how i look so i'm just trying to keep my head down and move around all i do is lift my head up as i turn to walk away and i hear Hey, cutie. <laughs> hey, yo. So, I want to take us back to 2012, where when I first moved to Atlanta, Midtown Atlanta, by the way, I first moved to Atlanta. It was me at the time, my son's mom. Before we had Jace, I moved to Atlanta. She moved with me. Um, there was an L.A. fitness across the street. I went over to the L.A. fitness to go hoop one time. Place right across the street from the crib. 
It's a Kroger right there, LA Fitness, you know, other little shops in there, maybe like a little video store, whatever the case may be. A little mini mall kind of vibe. I walk in, I hoop. It was a decent run. It was the first time I had actually hooped in Atlanta. And I was, I was so happy because I had missed basketball. I had missed home. So basketball made me feel like I was back home. I hoop. High five, everybody. You know, hey, I'll be here whenever y'all run. Here's my number. Let me know. You know, link up with a call. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm new in town doing the sports radio thing over there. You know, 92.9 The Game. You should check it out sometime. Trying to, you know, incorporate myself into the, to the city. You feel me? And as I'm walking out, it was the first time I had ever been catcalled. <laughs> it was the first time that I had ever I had ever heard the hey you <laughs> from afar and knew there is no other you in this in this walkway, in this lobby, in this area. You feel me? And in that moment, I did with any self-respecting, secure man who had just hit the A would do. I scurried my ass out of there quickly as I possibly could and got myself into the car in the parking lot. Never went back to that like fitness ever again. Went back home and said, hey, baby, they was hitting on me. Hey, I don't know if I'm be able to deal with it. I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know if they, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did it never happened to me before. It happened one time before, hey, actually. Hey, hey, you. Uh, yeah. Double cheeked up. Like, what you doing out here? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, and I was like, hey, sir, <laughs> you, you have to, you have to approach me with some you know respect. What time you, it is? If you want to get anywhere over here, you treat me like I'm supposed to be treated. You feel? <laughs> so you never know how to respond because it doesn't happen that you know that often, right? Like you know me, I'm I'm 230 pounds of fun loving, you know, you know, good times. I ain't, I'm nobody's male model. You feel me? I'm the local <laughs> sports dude. I've always told women in my life, my groupies are 45 to 55 year old balding white and black men. Like you never really have to worry about me. You don't have to worry about people, you know, me having a show and sneaking off and dipping out. Nah, it's going to be with some dude named Gus and we're going to have a sandwich at a bar. Like, it's never really that much, right? So fast forward to, to a couple of days ago where I'm in the I'm in the, the grocery, the snack aisle, by the way. Looking like a snack. Of nothing. Right. <laughs> and I... And I hear, hey, cutie. <laughs> I turn around and I, and I, and I laugh and I, and I put my hand up sheepishly like, uh, nah, my man. You know, meanwhile, I'm aware it's Pride Month. You feel me? I, I know which Mariano's I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know my surroundings. You feel me? So I, I put my hand up. I smile. I go, ah, uh, you know. Ah, you know, this old thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have me mistaken. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Only to look behind me to see that the dude was talking to another dude. <laughs> so in that moment, a lot of things happened to me internally. <laughs> In that moment, I felt so embarrassed. In that moment, I felt like... You weren't even cute enough. And that, and, and that's where I started to take offense. It went from embarrassment to anger. 
Because I thought in that moment, too, hey, you didn't even know if I was going. <laughs> you saw that I turned around. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> and looking back at what you said, hey, cutie, too, I mean, like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> you better, you got to see me when I'm all done up. <laughs> I'm only giving. I'm only out here giving you my spring training game. You feel me? Wait till we get about three, four st- st- rotations through the staff. You know, pause. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh, hey, they had no idea what I was laughing at so hard. They didn't need to. It was a moment where I was like, you know what? The grocery shopping has been done. She has no idea why I came back with half the shit we needed. It was a. It was just a moment where I froze up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't meet the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and and then on top of it, I kind of questioned the guy's talent evaluation. To be honest with you, I questioned his judgment. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a as a straight man, I'm sitting here like, hey, you fam, you know, you out here lacking. I gotta be honest with you. You know what I mean? You sure? You know, you you applied the right pressure. You'd have found out, but no, you you thought he was cuter. So keep it moving, my G. <laughs> Oh my God, man. I've been waiting to tell this story. I didn't even want to tell it to Pia because I knew it would get psychoanalyzed and I would probably feel really bad about it. So I'm sure I'll hear about it later. But shout out to uh, to the gentlemen who were in the Marianos over here by the my neck of the woods. Uh, shout out to all my people in the LGBTQ. IA plus community. Uh, happy Pride Month to everybody. You feel me? Even if I don't meet the standards, you dig? Like I'm working on it. You dig? I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm getting myself in better shape. Okay. I messed around and shaved my beard off. And, <laughs> and that happens that day too. I was like, oh man, he called me clean shaven and anything. <laughs> Oh my lord. All right. All right. So that that'll be that with that. Um usually Tony is the reason why we almost get canceled, but I figured I'd kick it off this first segment. So there it is. Now we can get into the old sports room. <laughs> Hit a homer with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each Tuesday, all customers will get $5 in bonus bets for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. On Tuesday, you got Sox, you got Yankees. Clark Schmidt is the probable starter, so I am going with Andrew Vaughn to go deep off of Clark Schmidt for Dinger Tuesdays. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sportsbook. Head over to your FanDuel account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app by going to FanDuel.com slash full go to pick your home run hitter. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O. 21 and over in select states. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus best that expire in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas the Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, fellas, we got ourselves a series, huh? I, I, yeah. Listen. We talked about game one and it being, for me, game seven and a half of the Eastern Conference Finals for the Miami Heat. Miami Heat came back, got themselves together. Um, They took every punch. And every time that I thought Denver was either going to make a run to extend the lead or at the end, because with with four minutes left, the Miami Heat had a nine-point lead. Like, that was a position that I did not expect them to be in. And... Shout out to Gabe Vincent. Jeff Van Gundy made the mention that he is the, well, I think Breen did, that he's the th- 397th highest paid player in the NBA. Well, guess what? That shit is about to change. And so many things, so many chess moves. Like, I love when we talk about baseball as the thinking man's game. Well, guess what? You dive deep enough into any sport, you're going to find the same amount of outcomes. You're going to find the same amount of scenarios from split second decisions or decisions that happened the night before. Because let's face it, when Kevin Love gets inserted into the starting lineup and they come out the way they did after Caleb Martin has played the way that he's played throughout these entire playoffs, and, you know, Eric Spolster gets called Called a genius, he gets called uh, you know one of the best in basketball history for a reason. The the fact that he not only knew what was necessary to change the tempo and to also change the look for what Aaron Gordon, the responsibilities that Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic had on defense were a lot different, and the responsibilities of rebounding were a lot different when Kevin Love was in there, and that kind of tilted things towards the Miami Heat's favor. And I think that's second, what two. Well, a second day of being in that kind of atmosphere and that altitude, you could tell the Miami Heat played with a different kind of punch. Now, speaking of, I will say this. I did not think that they were going to win that game for a lot of it, including when they had the lead because Jimmy Butler, you know, as much as we have extolled the virtues of Jimmy Butler, these first two games, he hasn't, you know, he's played well but he hasn't played the, oh, my God, this is how well you have to play to win a game against this talented of a team in the Denver Nuggets. And when he's had to, he's turned up in moments. I mean, let's face it, him finding people like his assist numbers, he, you know, I, I believe he finished something like nine, ten assists. Uh, we're recording tonight is Sunday night. So we're recording. I'm referring to Sunday night. Game two tonight. Uh, I believe he had nine, ten assists tonight, but I was expecting Jimmy Butler to turn up in a way that he just didn't, I don't think, had the energy to. And it's something that we've talked about. Like, Jimmy gives it all. And when Jimmy gives it all, sometimes it takes a couple of quarters to get it back to get to that give it all kind of, you know, uh, umph and that give it all kind of speed and inertia and impact that he plays with. And the fact that they're going back to Miami, tied up 1-1, where he will get that back in his system, going back to the house, 
It's going to be fun. I, I mean, I think the Nuggets going to win still. I thought the Nuggets were winning six because I, I think this team is too tough for you to sweep. I think this team is too um, disciplined for you to sweep. And the guys that they have counted on at some point, I believe, would have to turn into pumpkins, but they haven't yet. Man, Gabe Vincent is out here proving himself as a starter on a championship-level team. There's no other way to put it. Caleb Martin is a dude who made himself a lot of money, comes off the bench, and then I thought halfway through the game, Eric Spolstra, I was like, wait a minute. Maybe, just maybe, that thing's turning back into a pumpkin. You might have to go small again. Might have to put Martin back in the game because they weren't defending the way that they needed to. And and on top of it, when they went to that zone, they weren't rebounding out of it. So now Nikola Jokic is firing out to the, to the wing for threes that Jamal Murray started to get hot with in that third quarter. But the Miami Heat did what we had been asking. And I think something that I brought up on this podcast about Nikola Jokic that we haven't we haven't quite seen yet. And that's what I talk about, the brand on the can. We don't know what to expect out of the Denver Nuggets because we've had no expectations out of the Denver Nuggets. The same way we've talked about Nikola Jokic, on an, and I have talked about him being on another level in terms of dominance, on another level in terms of game. Well... When a team says to you, we not doubling you and you have to go off and he goes off. But you see that when he goes off, how much different that team looks. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't look as deadly when it's strictly catch and shoot Michael Porter Jr. Because catch and shoot Michael Porter Jr. with somebody on him. Instead of catch and shoot with somebody bailing out and closing out out of control, now you can pump fake one dribble, put it on the deck, move around a little bit. Like those are the things that are taken away from that game. Once you isolate and say, hey, here goes Bam Adebayo, right? Here goes Tyler Zeller. Here here, here goes Jimmy Butler. You are going to get faced up one-on-one. You go ahead and get your 40 points. You're going to end with four or five assists. We're going to win this game. And that's what happened. They, they even went when they went to the zone where Gabe Vincent was meeting Nikola Jokic at the nail. I was like, oh, this is stuff that, you know, we saw Dirk Nowitzki get guarded this way. Hell, we saw and we we like to bring up when LeBron when it, when LeBron had it happen to him. Right. With J.J. Barea. But when you have a player that gets his money in the middle of the court or is a facilitator from the middle of the court and you can meet him with a small in his own defense and just have that small be a pest. That shit is confounding for dudes who aren't used to it. Like we always talk about, hey, it's a mouse in the house when it's like a six foot ten player has a six foot one or six foot two player on him. Well, guess what? If that six foot ten player really has no post moves, doesn't matter how short the dude is that's guarding him. He's gonna have to go to what he's comfortable with. Nikola Jokic at certain points during that game was like, oh. I'm programmed to have to score over this dude, but now KCP hasn't touched the ball for three straight possessions when you need him to to get at least a touch. Jamal Murray has been taken out of the game in that third quarter. When Duncan Robinson goes on his fourth quarter run, by that point, Jamal Murray was like, all right, I got to get heated up. I got to get it going here, right? Those touches that he had gotten because of the way the offense flowed against a team that was used to being double teamed, well, all of a sudden now, you've got a disciplined, smaller Miami Heat defense 
defense that has been carried and bolstered by the fact that they started with the physicality with Kevin Love starting the game. And you might think Kevin Love is just a catch-and-shoot guy, so then where's the physicality? But no, man. You know, we're talking about one of the greatest rebounders of his generation. Like, this is a dude you have to be account that that you have to account for. So, I I love the chess moves, man. I love the stuff that I saw. I love the fact that that second group for Denver is really the group that held them in this game. You know, uh, Chase uh, Christian Braun and 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 Bruce Brown. Those dudes turn that game upside down. Jeff Green comes in there, he's scoring, what, four points a game in the playoffs? He got, what, 11-12? Like, they kept them in that game. And that's why if you're a Bulls fan, all you do is sit back and think of, all right, down the road, which pieces are going to step up? You never know until you get to that stage. Right? It's just like relief pitchers every single year. Every bullpen is put together every single year, unless you've got some rock solid Hall of Fame ace type of closer dude who, who you know, is going, going to be here for years and years and years to come. When you're trying to put up together a bullpen, you need, you know, you need middle relief. You need a setup man. And those things are interchangeable pieces. And you don't find out until the season gets going. And sometimes year in and year out, it's not going to be the same person. When you're building these benches and when you're building these, these role players around these star, you know, these star athletes, like there's a real change that's getting ready to come in terms of NBA economy where it's going to be that much more cumbersome to sign some of these players that, you know, for all intents and purposes, my max player ain't the same as your max player. So if your max player is Jamal Murray and then the other team's max player is Jalen Brown and my max player is Zach Levine, well, guess what? They all allotted to a certain percentage of the salary cap, but they're not all the same value. So now I got to find dudes who are going to cost less, but also raise the level of everyone around them as well. The role players that matter. So when you look at Kobe White and the way that he's grown, like, okay, will Kobe White be able to hit big shots in a big game? Well, I got no reason to not believe he won't because guess what? I had no reason to believe Gabe Vincent would. <laughs> I had no reason to believe Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin was on one of the worst teams and one of the worst organizations in all of the basketball and found himself in a starring role this entire postseason for the Miami Heat. And then in game two of the NBA Finals, biggest games that he will ever play in in his life, he gets benched. And then in the second half, gets pointed to, hey, go change, go change the defensive pressure out there. Like, there's something to be said for it. And, and I'm... This may not be the finals for the casual fan, and I got no problem with that. If you are missing out on this finals, then that's fine. I'm not mad at you. I'm not not convincing anybody to like the stuff that I like anymore. If you don't like it, that's cool. This is what I'm interested in. This is what we're rolling with on this pod. That shit, though, that shit is beautiful to watch. The game to game, okay, this little tinker, this one worked. All right. This thing, like Denver shouldn't come away from this game thinking that, oh, what was me? No, nah, y'all still the better team. And you found that, hey, wait a minute. Christian, Christian Braun can not only guard things on the perimeter, but he didn't have a tough time when he had to switch over to Bam out of bio, right? Like Bruce Brown, dude who could screen fours, <laughs> play backup point guard, and also guard the best player on your team in crunch time minutes. Like, these are the dudes who are championship um, winning time moment players. You're not going to always get yourself a Nikola Jokic. You're not always going to get yourself a Michael Porter Jr. Now, when you do get them and then you find these other dudes, look, 
That's how you start to build something. That's how you're on the precipice of a championship run. But if we're sitting here talking about Nikola Vucevic and, and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and the upside for this player and who's going to fill in here, well, when we talk about max players and having to pay guys, the value that you're trying to get some of these dudes at is to offset the value that you don't have behind them. And when we're, we're constantly talking about who the others are, Focus on who the dudes are because that's where you're going. The dude, uh, Nikola Jokic scored 40 points in a finals game and went home with a loss. So don't tell me what, what you need a star to feel like or look like or do. You need a star. You need a team to play whatever game they have to do or have to play in the moment. And in the moment, especially in the second half, the Denver Nuggets turned the basketball over too often. And, and they, for whatever reason, the Miami Heat acclimated to the altitude, turned up the defensive, and also, I will say this, didn't have as many defensive lapses. The reason why that game in the first half, it was a six-point margin, Denver leading, and I'm like, oh, Miami going to win this game. Miami had given away so many possessions in the first half. They'd given away so many possessions. They had five turnovers in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken against a team that you have to score a lot against, and you're the worst scoring team in all of basketball coming into the playoffs. So you couldn't do that. And when I look up seeing that they didn't do that, <laughs> they, they, Jimmy Butler isn't having some... Jimmy Butler had eight shots at halftime. He's not having some insane, you know, go crazy, you know, carry all series type of game. You're down six at their place. I still think the Nuggets win this thing, Right? because they're the more talented team. But this thing is going to go exactly like I think it's going to go. We've been around series too long to mess around and see game one and lose our shit. All right? These, these are jabs that are being thrown. The first haymaker got thrown tonight. You know, now you go back to your corner and you figure it out. Now you see, can people deal with a few nights in Miami? Right? Can, can the championship, you know, it's real because the championship pressure you know, you, what, what if all all season long you've been the dude who's gone out and got it popping on the road and y'all are in the championship series? You think you're going to change that shit up now? Come on. Athletes don't. Yeah, they, they can tell you what they want. Athletes have routines <laughs> and a lot of them happen before they get on the court. Please believe <laughs> all calls have been made. <laughs> you know where I'm going to be at Wednesday and Friday night. <laughs> you feel me? So, yeah, man, bring on the fun. Bring on the fun. Game two gave exactly what it was supposed to give. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, 
Visit JiffyLube.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. The most interesting thing for me in, in, in this series is uh, uh, the nuance of, of Miami's strategy of forcing Jokic to take the free cheese, uh, which was the the, the mismatch uh, of size. Uh, and it really challenged him because it's like, all right, your other dudes are used to a certain rhythm. And once they're out of that rhythm on the offense, they get stagnant. They don't know how to really contribute uh, on the offensive end. And then when they're not contributing on the offensive end, their whole defense slips. Um, it, mm. it, it's really a multi-layered strategy and really smart because uh, Jokic isn't used to holding down the fort scoring-wise. He can do it. He's proven that he can do it. But can he do it consistently? Can he get the? Can the guy stay intact on offense when he does have that matchup uh, that he typically is going to have uh, on offense? And then you saw him; he slipped a little bit defensively. It's tiring scoring a lot of points. It is very yeah. tiring to score a lot of points, and and that's yeah. that's the trick of of the zone defense and what Eric Spoelstra in Miami Heat pulled off in Game Two. Yeah, former Bulls coach Ron Adams used to talk to him uh, during and after practice sometimes about this, and he, he always mentioned uh, he went on to you know championship. I, th- I think he won the championship with Golden State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he always talked about teams making you play left-handed, and then you showing them that you're ambidextrous, and the best teams can show they can write with both hands. And when you go into a game knowing, first of all, we knew the free throw discrepancy wasn't going to be what it was in game one, no matter what. And and I don't think that the NBA or the refs were on the take or any of this other shit. You go back and show me the plays in game one where you thought the Miami Heat were getting fouled and deserved to go to the free throw line. They put up a bunch of jump shots. They were tired as hell from game seven uh, against the, the, the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think they were just dragging ass and they, and it showed at the free throw line. They came back. They came back and said, all right, you're going to have to play with your left hand. And your left hand is that dude not being a seven-foot Magic Johnson. Your left hand is forcing him to be James Worthy. (laughs) Your left hand is forcing him to be a scorer. And what do you know? The beautiful Nuggets look like every other NBA team when it came. You know how many, like, go back and watch game two. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it uh, on on, uh, Monday morning. The amount of tough shots that Jamal Murray hit and had to take. Like, after a while, it was Jamal Murray got to get his, and then Nikola Jokic got to get his, and then Nikola's got this possession, and then Jamal's going to come down for this possession. Where for six quarters, all we saw in this series was Jokic getting the ball in the pinch post, looking over the defense, Aaron Gordon back cutting. Next thing you know, you got Kentavious Caldwell Pope in the corner, or you got Michael Porter Jr. in the corner. You got, you know, high pick and roll with Jamal Murray, you know, sinking down the defense. Next thing you know, kicking it out to Michael. Like there, there were so many, you know, like so many facets to the way the Nuggets played offense. You know, all you're trying to influence is, is an extra man, an extra help. 
the most important guy in defense, the MIG, as, as the dudes used to call him back in the day. And once that guy is allowed to roam the way that the Miami Heat's defense was allowed to roam, then you get to see Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and all these dudes getting the passing lanes. And I'll say this too, man, a dude who takes a lot of flack because we, I, you know, the dude who we never seem to talk about when he plays well, but always point out when he doesn't. Bam Adebayo played an outstanding fucking basketball game. And if anybody goes back and looks at this box score, you know, years from now, it's going to look like Bam Adebayo got his ass cooked. Right? The guy he supposedly is guarding got got, got a 40 ball at the house, right? But what he did defensively, what he did, second chance opportunities, what he did, you know, in terms of understanding Kevin Love was going to start that thing off with him, so there's different rebounding responsibilities. Bantam Adebayo was was outstanding. Now, there's a few moments there where he's a little out of control and that happens. But, yeah, man, that – that Miami Heat team, there's a reason why they beat the teams they beat, right? So I didn't think that they were going to be some kind of pushover. They're going to lose this series because they're just not talented enough and they can't hit enough shots. That, that's the reason why they're going to lose this series. At some point, the dudes that you are passing the ball to are undrafted dudes. So if Gabe Vincent goes six for 19 in game six and it's the final game, we're not going to be like, oh, Gabe Vincent let him down. We're like, no, Gabe Vincent, it was Gabe Vincent, right? Like he, he was the dude who he was before we met him, right? And, and, and I think that when, if you keep that in mind, you can appreciate the performance that much more. Right. You can appreciate like we all know when 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 a dude is with a girl and, and we you know that's our man and we know he ain't shit, but we know that girl is, is good. And we're like, ah, oh, she don't stand a chance, boy. But you know, it's good to see her when she's around. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, I really do appreciate this woman because I know the pieces of shit he's been dealing with his whole life. And and and, 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 and boy, will he appreciate this when, when she's gone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna have to pick this dude up when she's gone, but hey man, good to see you at the cookout. Like, I I appreciate the Miami Heat and what they're doing because I know this shit's going to be over soon. Like, I, <laughs> I know, I know at some point. Hey, Chris, Chris, hey, I feel like Chris Sutton is out here getting ready to do this heel turn with the Miami Heat. I feel like Chris is getting ready to pick the Heat because they won game two of this series. Am I wrong, Chris? Don't do it, Chris. Am I wrong, Chris? I don't know, man. I'm a convert. No, seriously. No, seriously. I'm, I'm listening to Jason here, and he's like, he's so confident. It's like, oh, the Nuggets are going to win. And I was like, I mean, yeah, they're good. They're great, and technically they're the better team. But, I mean, I'm looking at the body language of the players on the court, and even the body language after they lost the first game, there wasn't, like, this, like, total dejection. They just kind of walked off the court, and they were just so, like, cold-blooded on the court today, like, doing their thing. I mean, we've been counting them out for, like, three At some point, basketball has got to tell the goddamn truth. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I... That's what I've been taught, but, but yeah. that truth has been supposed You're to right. been showing up. Oh, here's the truth. It's coming. Right. Oh, it's tr- oh, the truth is coming. Right. Oh, the truth is. Oh, right. I don't know, man. Today, today was clinical, and Denver looked not like a normal team, but they definitely were trying really hard at the end. You definitely saw the sweat on their brow at the end of this game today, and Miami was just like, okay, see you. See in a couple of days, like all the all the post game and stuff. Everybody was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll see you. Yeah, no, I'll see you next no, week." It's, it's definitely business as usual for them. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's a slight tweak for for Denver when they look at the film and look at that tape. You said a couple those guys that were able that stood essentially right. Like that's the first time we've seen the Denver Nuggets as a team on offense stand and watch. 
Like, it just takes a couple, like, once he gets the ball in that post, because they're going to try this again, the Miami Heat. They're going to allow, they're going to try and allow uh, Bam to do his best. Yeah. Like yeah. Jason said, like, no double Jokic team. scored a lot of points, but don't double team. That allows uh, Bam to roam a little bit and protect the rim like he's supposed to be. But if those guys on the perimeter and at that dunker spot, they, if they start moving around, start setting screens, sealing off the back end of that zone to to do a lob for for Jokic over the top, they just need to do some off the ball, some more off the ball stuff. It's a real slight tweak if if they get to, it, and then Miami has to adjust to that. But it wasn't enough of a tweak that Miami that Miami did that like shocked me or made me think that Denver couldn't. I thought they were going to be able to figure out mid-game what they were trying to do, but that wasn't the case. They ended up losing. Uh, but I think yeah. in game three, I think it, it, it's an easier tweak to 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 get past what the free cheese kind of mentality that they were trying to give up to, to Jokic. And let's face it, too. Let's face it. Duncan Robinson went crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and Duncan Robinson went crazy by putting the ball on the deck. And which he has been doing a lot these last, you know, two series, especially. Uh Max Struess went crazy, right? Max Struess hit four of his first seven shots. Like a lot of things get equalized when you hit shots, right? And, and in the first game, they didn't hit shots. And I thought this was because they were dragging. Right? I thought they were they were physically and mentally fatigued. And I thought you saw that in game one. Uh game two. They came out, they hit shots, man. Like, make or miss league, right? Like, they like to say, like, home runs in baseball. You want you want to stop talking about the bullpen? You want to stop talking about bad defense? You want to stop talking about base running? Hit the fucking ball over the fence. It's as simple as that. Like, can you hit shots? Can you hit threes? Can you, can you break a team's back and get extra possessions, fire out threes, and make sure that they, they, they understand that at any point in time, I have to be scrambling. You scramble too much during an NBA game, fourth quarter come around, your legs are jello. We're going to go home with a win. Like this is this is what it's supposed to be, and I thought Eric Spolster called a magnificent timeout at that four minute mark when they were down nine. When they were up nine, when he was, when, I, I believe Dan, Denver was, I believe Denver had scored two back to back buckets, and, and Eric Spolster was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're gonna slow this thing on out. We up nine. We got to leave here with a win. We leave here with a win. This is an entirely different series. I can sell all the shit I've been selling this entire postseason that has been fueling this team. I can continue to sell it to them. All you got to do to a hungry dog is give them a little whiff, and they're going to go hunt some more for you. And that's exactly what's happening with this Miami Heat team. Now, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm betting on that character and that culture and all those other keywords and, you know, <laughs> mindless palaver when we talk about basketball to come in. In the end, Jimmy Butler's going to have to be the fucking man. That's, that's as simple as that. Jimmy Butler's going to have to have a 40 and 10 game here. If they, because he's got to have one game where it's solely this is the Jimmy Butler game. You get one of those. You know, you got the others game in game two, right? You got Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. Like, you, you're going, if for an upset to happen, you got to have two kick ass games by your best player. And you got to have a couple of games where everybody else is hitting shots and you get guys with contributions all over the board. You already got half of that. Jimmy got to come up big now. And you know, Nikola Jokic, if, if, if anybody's going to figure out how to turn down a, a, a single coverage, <laughs> Nikola Jokic is going to figure it out. 
He's going to find a way to make you double team, whether it's him being put in a different position in the offense, uh, where he's initiating the offense from, what he and Aaron Gordon are doing high-low. I think they need to get back to more of that, you know, playing vertically a little bit more instead of playing, you know, laterally and and, and looking to, to space the floor. I think they need to just play a little volleyball with the rim because the shit that Nikola Jokic is doing out there, man, when he's flipping stuff up and you're like, oh, he's just doing that for the, for the contact and the foul. It's like, oh, no, 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 that's a shot. Like he, he, he purposefully is throwing that thing up there with that much touch and with that adept uh, a sense of, 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 of um, this balance. Like his balance is beautiful. Like you could talk about him plotting and all that. That dude is a dancer out there. The shit, like for instance, when it, it was a there was a call on Gabe Vincent, I believe a loose ball call where he, he hops over Gabe Vincent. I knew for sure that he was going to shatter into a thousand pieces because he was going to come down wrong or something. He, Hey, that man hit, hit a couple of Barishnikovs, you know, tippy toed around a dude. Like we talk about this dude. Like he is some big clumsy lummox. This motherfucker is highly skilled. Highly skilled and understands angles and balance and body positioning and control better than any guard that you want to throw at the rim out there in the NBA. You know, like, like seriously, like we need to say, we need to, you know, don't, 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 don't let the, don't let the bullshit fool you that we've been fed all these years about white basketball. That's all that's happening. We, we see a white dude busting people's ass and, and he's not doing it by jumping over you. So it's like, oh, well, look at this clumsy mom. No, 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 no. Slow that shit down and see what he does in traffic. See what he does with junk around his feet. See what he does when, when, when the ball is on his right shoulder and he's got to flip that thing up through traffic, through bodies while skipping. Like the man's busting Euro steps out here at seven foot one, 275 pounds. We talk about it's not graceful. So I, I know last part was, was me, um, you know, bigging up Nikola Yoki so much so that the brothers started hitting me on the side, like, all right, now you're doing a lot. You, you, all right, you didn't, you didn't gave him his, you didn't gave him his piece now, Jay. Get, you know, back nah, the fuck up now. Going too far. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it's going to make me take down my Moses Malone poster and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all right, now, shit, come on now. You didn't, you didn't, you know, made me think that you don't even fuck with us, Jay. I'm like, how? <laughs> like, how? Like, I'm I'm gonna be at the. I'm gonna be at the meeting. You know, I get the newsletter still. Don't worry, shit. It's all right. You know, <laughs> I put on cool water before I came out the house. It's cool. Because you, know? <laughs> you all know it is the it is the national black brand of cologne for men forty years or older. If y'all don't know this, here I'm gonna give you a little. Here, here's a little Juneteenth fun fact you could take to work with you, uh, whites. Uh, <laughs> going to going to the office on Monday and, and and walk up to Ronald. You know Ronald. He's he he's been there for years. You've never inquired about his family or anything that's going on in his life. Walk up to Ronald and say, "Hey, have you ever worn cool water cologne?" And then just step back and see the response that you get. Now, if you aren't immediately headed to HR, know that you now have a different bomb of Ronald, and that's just because you listen to the Full Go podcast. I'd like to add another one, Joop. Oh, Joop. Yeah, yeah. A little curve. curve you know, yep. brothers love some curve. Um, Itsy Miyake, you know, late mm-hmm. 90s, early aughts. Itsy Miyake got it done. 
Okay. And shout out to all of y'all who brought that Michael Jordan cologne. You know, <laughs> shout out to y'all who thought that he <laughs> you know how to play basketball. <laughs> yeah, I had it. Don't worry. I had it as a kid. Somebody bought it for me for like a birthday. Like, oh, don't you want to smell like Michael? I'm like, no, not really. Like, that's going to help <laughs> your game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smelling like, like no, Michael. No, it's like if the no, shoe's not no. working. <laughs> the the, the right, right. don't me out either. What, what's right, the get, like, what's the complete I'm, set? What else I gotta buy? No, I'm broke. Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah, I'm, this is this is not working. I'm, I'm in high school, and this is definitely not working. Take this off of me. In fact, I'm gonna go home right now. And watch <laughs> you this go to the Michael Jordan restaurant. You know, I uh, no, I never went to the Michael Jordan mm, restaurant. Okay, nah, nah, I'm cool, oh, man. man. You know how I carry the Michael Jordan thing. Like I have the utmost respect for. Uh, one of the greatest careers in sports history. You feel me? Like I, but I, you know, I'm not one of these like Jordan files. So in that, I must be like you know banished from the city, and uh, all I do is talk about LeBron. Like you, you know, central casting type shit, where it's like you you can't have a normal conversation anymore when it comes to basketball. When it Get comes off to Mike, let's golf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, man, Brian had 45, 17, and 8 the other night. He was balling, huh? This is what this shit that I always hear about LeBron. Like, all right, all right, my bad, bro. My fault. <laughs> I didn't know talking about one of the greatest athletes of all time would do this to you, but hey, you know. So yeah, man, it has been a uh this has been a a wild, uh a wild basketball life that I've lived watching the Bulls as my favorite team my entire life. And you know, having to separate the Jordan fans from the Bulls fans because they're out there and they're uh, they have microphones <laughs> and they're very loud. I don't know how we uh, got here, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. Yeah. What was that one aftershave? One? Um, there was an aftershave that every black man has somewhere. Brute, brew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know the vibes. <laughs> look at look at look at look at all the white people undercover officers. Like, all right, Isimiyaki, brute. I think he said cold water earlier. Is it cold? Or cool, cool water. Yeah, cool water. He said there's meetings. Okay, and there's a newsletter that we have to intercept as well. Okay, all right. <laughs> you brute. were not a, a, a strong uh, black a strong man black if, man. You, didn't, if yeah. you didn't have no brute in somewhere yeah. in, in in your dresser yeah. in, in your office. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, you weren't a strong black man if we couldn't smell you coming through the fucking door an hour <laughs> early. <laughs> it was never a dab. It was never a dab of brute. <laughs> it was always a fucking baptism. <laughs> like, let me get through, let me get uh, let me get under the nutsack real quick so I can so I can so I can be covered in every area. Like, God damn, how much are you gonna put on, fam? We're 12. <laughs> you can always tell you can you can always tell tell when somebody got it today daddy's uh you know cologne drawer yeah. or cologne cabinet mm-hmm. like god damn it's picture day sean when you smell like a fucking you smell like a macy's counter like get the fuck away from me dog. i gotta sit next to this motherfucker the whole day i got a headache oh uh, don't get me wrong i was that kid too though boy you couldn't tell me anything my i had uncles who told me that taking showers putting on cologne to put on lotion made you handsome so you couldn't tell me shit. I thought I was playing for the deficit. Any boy, it was one summer. I was taking about two or three showers a day, boy. Wasn't getting shit done. Wasn't playing on no team. Wasn't running around outside getting dirty. No, 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 no. I got some handsome to catch 
up with. God damn it. <laughs> let's, let's get another rinse in. Okay, let me go outside with my Dracar Noir on. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Time for some commercials. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Your man, Kevin Warren. Tone. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> here for it. Put the- they done put the brother in the position and yes, they're, they're like, hey, uh, by the way, uh, we're going to need you to negotiate with the good folks at Arlington Heights because we kind of did this thing backwards where we just selected a, a city instead of made c- cities and municipalities kind of bid against each other for the for the uh, rights to have the Chicago Bears charter franchise of the NFL, you know, civic pride symbol, you know, symbol uh, of, of, of uh, you know, the, the umbrella of sports that everyone in this city falls underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We're going to have to put you out there. Yeah, take your black ass out there and tell people in Naperville. Yeah, yeah. Get a letter from Naperville's mayor saying that maybe, just maybe, we might have another bidder out here. Huh? They got my man. Kevin Warren probably took that gig over and was like, so so you mean to tell me <laughs> y'all didn't have people bid on this thing? Y'all, y'all messed around and just selected a spot and thought that this was going to go smoothly? Oh, Lord. Let, let me say this. Let me say say this um i don't think any municipality city neighborhood borough um uh suburban area uh urban area i don't think any public money should ever go to the funding of a stadium ever i think that to subsidize billionaires uh, play pens and play things just seems gross, especially in the times that we're in now. Now, mind you, I make a lot of jokes about the times we're in, and that's only to keep me from crying. Okay, you know, you know how much bacon costs. Okay, you know how much you know how much a pack of chicken costs. All right, like people out here making real life decisions at the gas pump, making real life decisions in the produce aisle, making well, <laughs> making real life decisions in the snack aisle too, as you heard in the first segment, maybe of the or maybe not of this podcast. We, who knows? You know, I find out the day after every time what got in and what did not get into the pot. But I don't believe in it. Um, and I don't think it's anything that's, you know, you know, a lot of people like to plant that flag. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of people think that that public money should be used to subsidize 
uh, these owners and their stadiums. But understanding the landscape, understanding the ramifications, and also understanding the kind of the, the the way that the Bears would stimulate any suburban economy, like it's it's understandable. Um, I think this thing is gonna, still going to get done in Arlington Heights. I think this is the posturing and the jockeying. Now, when you are getting assessed tax bills that are <laughs> four and five times what you thought they would be, then. Then there's some explaining to do. Then there's some conversations. Because I always love when we talk about the Cubs and the Sox. And, and, oh, this guy, this team, this owner, they're not spending. They don't want to spend any money or they've got the money. I'm like, eh. Even if there ain't a salary cap on something, there's a bottom line to everything. There's a certain amount of money that every ownership group, that every front office, that every scout, there's allocation of resources. And to stay in business, you got to keep money in your pocket so you can keep putting money into the product. So I understand that the Bears are doing their due diligence. I understand that Arlington Heights is doing what they need to do. I understand that Naperville is doing what they need to do. I'm still going to have to get used to the Bears not being right there on Lakeshore Drive and the, the traffic not stopping up the South Loop and you not hearing the roars of the crowd in September because that's the last time that we could really be out before it get brick cold out here. But you not hearing the roars of the crowd, you know, driving down Lakeshore Drive with, the, you know, the windows down on this, on a fall September day, knowing that there's a Bears game going on. Yeah, I'll miss it, right? But I've never been the one who's been attached to stadiums or to arenas, um, I, I, your memories go with you even when the brick and mortar fall uh, this thing I think is going to get a little uncomfortable for a little bit but in the end I think the Bears will end up in Arlington Heights I think the, the Bears and the McCaskies and the NFL would find a way to, for these checks to be cut because the Bears want a Super Bowl the Bears want venues the Bears want events and to start that they got to start planning and before you start uh, digging, you got to have an, exec- uh, an executable plan. And they don't have a plan right now that's executable because of the assessment and the tax findings and the tax bill. Was it $197 million or something like that? They thought it was going to be 30 some odd million, something like that. So this is a 300-acre plot of land. You're not going to find that a lot in Chicagoland area, period. I don't care which neighborhood or which municipality you want to search for. So the fact that they found this plot of land, the fact that they have done uh what they've had to do in terms of applying for and purchasing this now comes the stadium part. Now comes the, the, uh, the local red tape that you have to get through in Arlington Heights. Now comes the, the dissolution and the divorce that you have to have from the park district here in the city of Chicago. Like it's all stuff bears fans may or may not care about. I just find it interesting that, you know, we didn't hear Ted Phillips's name a lot after big deals, we heard it before big deals, and it was the reason why Ted Phillips was allowed to stay on for 20-some-odd years, because he put money in the McCaskey's pocket. He took them to as close to the new frontier as possible financially, right? And when it came to coaching searches and all those things, he was in on those decisions, and a lot of people didn't think he should be. Kevin Warren only has to worry about this stadium. The moment he took this job, it was to build this new stadium and take this franchise into the new frontier. Well, that frontier is going to begin 
I just think they're going to have to cut through some red tape before the, uh, you know, the tractor beams and all the other things <laughs> that that Soldier Field and the Park District has on the Chicago Bears franchise can be released. But until then, man, we, we're going to see a whole bunch of Kevin Warren talking and spinning and saying things. And, you know, I mean, he hadn't been put in this position for no reason. This is the same dude who got the Big Ten to be the richest conference in all of professional sports. Uh, he got the Big Ten to add the UCLA and USC. I mean, this dude, he's known for making deals. You know, what what he did with U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota has been documented and talked about in terms in terms of the expediency. And also they came in under budget. And if you want to get the McCasties to smile or any ownership group to smile, it's coming in under budget with a product people like. And for the most part, people in Minnesota like that stadium. So these are the bumps in the road. But. This is why you hire this dude. This what this is what also lets you know how special this cat is, how how much of a cut above he was as opposed to the rest of the candidates in place, because the Bears did not do themselves any favors when they selected this spot, that when they selected this plot of land, when they selected this town, and. Then said, okay, we don't have to do a bidding war or bidding process. We don't have to do our due diligence anywhere else. And now they have to work backwards. So to get yourself out of that kind of jam, you need a talented dude. I think Kevin Warren is that dude. It's the full go, that's all the time we have for episode 251 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. My main man, Tony Gill. You had yourself, what is it, a graduation party that you went to tonight or something, Tony? Like, what, yeah, shout yeah, out to all the graduates out there, by the way, man. Shout out to all the graduates, man. Graduation season is a big time of the year. I, I love it. I love seeing, you know, I love riding past all these houses where they got the kids' name and faces plastered in the front yard so I know exactly whose identity to steal when they go away to college in August. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they I, put them on cars now, yeah. Jay. I was walking down the street. They put them on their on whole car. I'm like, what are we doing? Family. I want your babies out here like Family, that? we got to stop this. There's a couple of things we got to stop doing. And when I say family, y'all know who I'm talking to. We got to knock off these elaborate ass prom send-offs, okay? Hopefully these babies will be graduating from other things besides high school. Hopefully their wedding days will be, you know, six, seven, eight years around the corner. The high-level Hype Williams type of production that I am seeing in some of these prom send-offs, we got to tone it down a little bit. We looking crazy out here okay all right like you know like last summer looked a lot different than this summer if y'all don't y'all can't tell on instagram hmm and they had to take all them charges back huh them crab legs ain't on the gram the way they were huh and ppps are dried up the last little money y'all spending on these prom send-offs we looking crazy out here okay so enjoy these graduations and enjoy these prom send-offs but like let's tone it down a little bit okay the others are watching all right but happy graduation to uh, Tony. You want to you want to mention your your sister in law's name? Yeah, shout out to Brittany. Uh, getting her, uh, uh, I think her seventh degree. You know, uh, and, and being a child uh, psychologist. So you know, we out here. Shout you know, out, we doing our shout thing. Out. So shout out to her. Shout out, shout out to Brittany. Shout out to Brittany. And as always, uh, our chief vibes officer, 
the man who who does not believe in our basketball takes and the motherfucker that's probably going to end up being right. We're going to have to listen to his shit for the rest of this pod. He is Chris Sutton. Uh, for the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thank you all for downloading this thing. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for rating and reviewing it. Giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in these streets and hopefully in the snack aisle. Uh, make sure you leave a voicemail for us. The full go voicemail line is right there for you. If you've had any encounters like I did at Mariano's, you know, happy Pride Month to you as well. 773-359-3103. And, and, and I know we was having fun in the beginning of the pod, but I, I do mean it. Uh, happy Pride Month to everybody out there in the LGBTQIA plus community. Got to make sure I get all of those in. I don't want to get no bad mail. Don't want to get no comments. And especially don't want to get beat over the head by my uh, therapist fiance. Because, boy, I get in trouble, boy. I get in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's like a shot collar, boy. I say the wrong thing. I get, I get zapped. So shout out to y'all. Uh, hopefully, you guys and girls and people out there are living the lives that you want to live. And hopefully you're doing it as safely as you possibly can and are allowed to, uh, depending on which state you're in. So happy Pride Month to each and every one of y'all. Thank you for listening to this thing. We will catch you on Tuesday. Uh, But until then, we leave you with this as always. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.